Hey friends, welcome to the Empowered to Live Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Rhiannon Stahl, a Christian life coach, writer, wife, and mother of four. I help empower women to transform their lives one thought at a time. In each episode, I'm going to provide inspiration that empowers you to transform your spirit, soul, and body by breaking through limiting beliefs and live the life you were designed to. You definitely can do more than you know, but you will rarely do more than you think. Hi friends, welcome back this week. We are on episode 19 of the podcast and we're going to talk about prayer. I know it's a huge topic, but just feel like the Lord laid this on my heart today to help maybe bring some clarity, lots of scripture about God's thoughts about prayer, our position in prayer, and maybe why our prayers aren't being answered the way that we think they should be. So prayer is such a big topic. It's hard to summarize it entirely into um, one small episode. Certainly there are many facets, many ways we could approach it, but today I want to just kind of give an overall view that prayer really just summarizes the entirety of our conversation with our Father God. All communication with God is done through prayer, which is just talking. Uh, The components of prayer can be listening, asking questions, making requests. These are the things that we bring our prayers or concerns to the Lord about, right? I think where we get all tied up in overcomplicating what prayer is and not having clear expectations of what it does, those are the things that kind of wrap us around the pole about things, right? We aren't fully sure um, what prayer is, and we don't really know what our expectations should be around it. We know that God answers prayers and we hear these things, but then when our experience doesn't match up with what we feel like we know in our heads of what prayer is supposed to be, then we can get kind of off course and miss the point and think that we're doing something wrong, but there are definitely some principles that we need to follow um, in God's word, because again, it's about connection, connection, relationship with him and knowing who he is and how much he values spending time and talking to us. So the what of prayer is important, but it may not be what you're most concerned about. Through Jesus, we've been reconciled, which means to be reunited with God. Therefore, we have great access to come boldly to God's throne of grace, which is his empowerment, his favor, to ask for things by the name, which is our identity in Jesus. So the name of Jesus, that's our identity. And that's how we have the gracious favor to come to God's throne and ask him, make requests of him. The why of prayer is what I kind of want to focus on today. Why we pray is key. We pray to grow in our relationship with our father. And some of our prayers are questions to understand ourselves, God, or this world better. Some prayers are requests for help or provision or intervention. Some prayers are listening prayers to hear God's heart for us in the situation we face. All types are important pieces of growing in relationship with God. The way that we pray is also important because, again, it still brings us back to that connection, but there are different ways to pray. The Bible says that we are not heard because of our many words. God already knows our needs. It says in Matthew 6, 7 and 8 that when you pray, Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles or unbelievers do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask of him. When I was a teenager, I got an opportunity to travel to Tibet on a mission trip and was struck by the Tibetan monks who had these, what they call prayer wheels. You can look them up online. And it's just these row of these 
uh, wheels that have words inscribed on them and they would just walk past them and spin the row of wheels over and over repeating chanting the same things and that's what this verse is talking about don't be like the gentiles the unbelievers they were not praying to god they were praying to their own deities their own gods and they weren't being heard just because they were repeating themselves over and over it's clear that prayer isn't to inform God of something that he wasn't aware of, and it's not a formula to repeat so that we get it right in order to be heard. Prayer is to remain connected to God and to share our life with him. If it was a formula, then we would just repeat that same thing over and over. I even think about, um, I'm not Catholic, so I can't remember, but just like the prayer beads and the the prayers that they, the praying the rose, rosary. There we go. That's what it is. I'm praying the rosary just to repeat the same thing over and over. Not that there's not value in asking God for the same thing, but when we're doing something out of religious duty or just a form, um, it's a form of godliness, but it's denying the power of what God created our words and our connection to be. And the Bible clearly states that we are to let our requests be made known to God. It says that in Philippians 4, 6, and that we are to be unceasing in prayer or pray with persistence. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Romans 12, 12, Matthew 7, 7, Colossians 4, 2, and James 5, 17. Like I said, there are so many verses that give us such great insight into prayer and what it means, um, what it is for our lives. And I will have all these verses in the show notes so you can look them up and meditate on them yourself later. We are to pray at all times, on every occasion, and in every season. I just loved this version in um, Ephesians 6.18 in the Amplified Bibles, where it says on every occasion and in every season. And last week, if you got a chance to listen to the episode, uh, I was talking about, do you know what season you're in? So God just tickled my heart that I happened to look at that version of Ephesians 6.18. And he said, in every season, just reminded me again. Uh, that idea of seasons in our lives. We are to ask with faith, not doubting. Now, this is a huge key. This is something the Lord's been showing me and really um, challenged me in. Like, am I asking with faith? We are to ask with faith, not doubting that we will receive what we've requested. There's um, verses Matthew 21, 22, Mark 11, 24, James 1, 5 through 8, and 1 John 5, 15. I think this is a huge key, like I said, in that can be the reason that our answers are delayed or we don't understand God's answer. James 1, 5 through 8 in the Amplified says it this way, If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God, who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without repro reproaching excuse me, or fault-finding, and it will be given to him. This portion of scripture speaks about asking for wisdom, but Matthew 21, 22 and Mark 11, 24 say that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe or trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. So verse six, back to James chapter one, says only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering. That means no hesitating or doubting. Because when we're hesitating and doubting, we're not really trusting that God is good or that he can hear us or that he wants to hear us. And that's the opposite of what relationship and connection are. For the one who wavers or hesitates or doubts is like a billowing surge out at sea that is blown here and there and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. That's huge. And it feels hard to swallow because we want to think the trust and the faith. Like We must believe that God exists and believe that he rewards us for wanting to be in relationship with him and for doing things the way that he says that we are to do them. So it says, for being a man of two minds, back to that double-minded, unstable 
Um, it says being a man of two minds, which means that you're hesitating or irresolute. You're unstable, unreliable, uncertain about everything that you think, feel, or decide. <laughs> that is a strong verse again and has really convicted me at times when I'm like, man, Lord, forgive me for being so unstable in the ways that I think. Like, why would I receive when I don't even know what I want or I'm not even asking in confidence? And so it has really brought me back to just asking God to forgive me for not trusting him and getting back in line with his goodness and his faithfulness and his love for us as a good father. I know these are strong words and it can feel defeating, but when you understand how good, loving, and kind our father is and all that he has is ours, then it will be easy to pray boldly, knowing that he will only do the very best for us, even if that means we aren't getting what we wanted. That's another one too. We always pray only wanting a yes from God. <laughs> Rarely is anybody praying I can't say rarely. I'm sure there are people out there, but I know it has been a stretching experience and something I need to remind myself that when I pray, I can ask God boldly for anything and everything. And I, of course, I'm asking for a yes in whatever I'm asking. Don't ask for him to tell me no. <laughs> but I can also include in the prayer, Lord, but if this isn't the best for me, then I don't want it. I only want your best. So of course, sometimes we're going to get a no, or sometimes we're going to have a not yet. A friend of mine had a powerful dream about praying in faith, but then complaining in doubt and the effects that it could have on our answered prayers. The picture was of a woman asking God to help her sell her home. And immediately Jesus walked into a courtroom setting up to what would look like a judge or the person in charge, which was God, and approached God and made the request to him. And which, of course, the answer is always yes and amen in Jesus. But then a phone rang at the woman's home. And so she answered and started talking to her friend on the other end of the line and said things like, this house will never sell. I know it's going to be such a hassle. And she was just going on and on about how it wasn't going to, you know, that their house wasn't going to sell and it was going to be a pain. And so Jesus turned back to God and said, oh, never mind. I guess she changed her mind. And to me, that's just a heartbreaking because I can see myself in that scenario where I pray and ask God for something, but then I just walk around and complain about how hard that thing is or um, that it won't ever happen or that I haven't seen it change fast and just all of the ways that I could be complaining because to complain is to remain, it's to remain where we are. So if we're praying and asking God for something different than where we currently are, but we're complaining then about the situation we're in, we're then going to say, stay stuck until we get that um, worked out of our hearts because complaining is really um, the language of fear. It's back to what we've talked about some episodes ago on fear and what fear can look like. And it can present itself in ways that we aren't even realizing, that we aren't recognizing as fear. And so complaining, which is like, oh, uh, for me, is something the Lord's been showing me how much fear I had lived in by the things I was choosing to complain about and not to believe him for. Um, I know that there is another um, great verse in Proverbs that's a powerful picture of the potency, the strength of our words. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who indulge in it shall reap the consequences of it for either death or life. So it goes back to Matthew in the New Testament 12, verse 37 says, our words justify or condemn us. So the same kind of thing, what we're speaking is going to have power and influence on our lives. So we need to make sure our words line up with God's word and his heart for us. So are we speaking from a as a child who is loved with our heavenly father? Or are we speaking out of fear as an orphan who is trying to scrape by and get 
only get what they can do on their own, that they don't have a father who will provide for them. Another way we are to ask is in the name of Jesus. John 14, 13 and Colossians 3, 17 echo this. Colossians 3, 17 specifically says, whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. But John 14, 13 specifically says, when you pray, um, pray in the name, ask in the name of Jesus, and it will be given to you. We are to pray in private. Sometimes our prayers are to be on our own. We're not trying to make a, a public spectacle or bring everything that we um, have need of to public knowledge. We can go to Father God in private, but then there is also power in unity. So Matthew 6, 6 talks about um, praying in secret, praying in private, but the Matthew 18, 19 through 20 and Acts 1, 14 talk about the power of two or three gathered together and the power of unity in prayer. And that they all prayed in one accord as one in Acts 1.14. So we can be confident when we pray that God will give us the best that he has for us. It talks about in 1 John 5.14. We are to always be thankful in our prayers. Philippians 4.6 and 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and Colossians 4.2 all say these things. I was reminded as I was writing this up about that when Jesus multiplied the five loaves and the two fish to feed the 5,000 men plus women and children, he didn't ask God to multiply it or beg God to help him feed so many people as though he was overwhelmed by the situation. He simply looked up to heaven and praising God, so that's an act of thanksgiving also, he gave thanks and he asked God to bless them. And then he started passing it out to his disciples who then distributed it to the people. And there was an abundance for everyone with 12 baskets left over. I just love that. He just simply gave thanks. And I think this is where we get the idea of saying grace or praying at our meal times is just um, to be thankful in everything. Not that that certainly should not be the only time that we are praying throughout the day. That would be way too simplified. And again, the point of prayer is connection and relationship with Father. All believers' prayers are heard. This is another encouraging one because I think some people think that, oh, the pastor is heard or that person who it's, I view as really holy or something like that can be heard, but God doesn't hear my prayers. And that's not true. Um, the Bible says in James 5, 17, that Elijah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament, so obviously he is uh, viewed as being very holy and hearing from God, but it says he was a man just like us. And because of his prayers, God answered. So he was, he was human. There was nobody perfect except for Jesus, but all people have the since Jesus came and died for us and brought us back into reconciliation with God, we all have access to God and he hears our prayers. James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, but sometimes it takes time. Uh, Daniel prayed in the Old Testament and asked God to come and intervene on behalf of his people. And it talked about and gave this picture of that an angel was sent immediately to help, but there, there was a war in the heavenlies, essentially, that there were principalities and powers. Because so we were taught in Ephesians that we don't battle against flesh and blood. So whatever issue you're facing, whatever person you feel like is um, you may be in conflict with or that you be, may, may be bringing to Father God, that person, that situation isn't the issue. It's the principalities and powers, the things that stand against God's will and desire and blessing and love for our lives. And in the book of Daniel, back to that, it says it took three weeks, uh, 21 days because of the battle that was going on um, for him to receive the answer. And then First Peter 3, 12 again says that God hears the prayers of the righteous and be, we have been made righteous through Jesus. His blood has made us righteous so we can come confidently, confidently to God. <laughs> Sometimes God's answer to our prayers are conditional. 
John 15, 7 says, if you live in me. So if, there's a condition right there. If we live in God, which is to abide vitally united to him, and my words remain in you, he says. So we are we know God's word and we have it in our hearts and we continue to live in uh, his ways. Then we can ask whatever we will and it will be done for us. So if we abide in God and his words remain in us, then his words will continue to live in our hearts so that we can ask freely from it and those things will be done for us. Um, one of my favorite verses is in Psalm 37, 4, where it says that um, if we abide in God, that he will give us the desires of our heart. So it's, a, again, that same abiding. If we remain connected to him, then we can ask what we will and he will give it to us. But again, there's sometimes time, there's a delay of time and we're in such an instant gratification. I want it yesterday. <laughs> Society and I fall prey to this as well. I don't like waiting, but there is a character and an endurance and endurance brings hope. It solidifies the hope we have in Jesus um, when we have to wait sometimes for the things that we're asking. And there's so much more at play than just the simple request and sort or sometimes not so simple could feel like a massive request that we are making to God, but to God, um, it's there is no difference between something that looks like it could be done easily and something that is huge and overwhelming because he is all powerful. But there is a process sometimes to those things being answered. And sometimes maybe it's more about our heart and our character being built through the patient endurance of waiting for that answer. And again, sometimes he sees and he knows better than we do. And so the answer might be no. Or it could be just not yet, which goes back to the idea of we might just have to wait, but he's not denying us. And it doesn't mean that he hasn't hurt us if we don't get what we want immediately. How many of you have little toddlers that have ever thrown a fit or unfortunately some bigger children that are not toddlers anymore that throw a fit when you don't give them what they want immediately? And it isn't that you didn't hear their request, but you know that there is something better waiting for them if they aren't giving, um, getting that immediate need filled or sometimes it's downright bad for them. And so you would have to um, lower your standard. You would have to not act in love or you would have to lower the goodness that you have for them in order to meet their request. And I think it's the same for us with God. He would have to almost deny who he is and not be the good loving father that he is to give us the request that we want right now because we can't see the full picture. Our prayers need to be offered with clean hands and a pure heart, not holding offense against another person or grumbling and complaining. We need to make sure to reconcile to others if we remember that someone has something against us before we bring our gift to the altar. It doesn't mean that we can't ask God if something comes up, but if our heart gets quickened through the power of the Holy Spirit to a situation or something that we're hanging on to, we need to just say, God, I'm sorry, and ask for forgiveness right then and there. And then if there's the other person that we can be reconciled to or ask for forgiveness from them, if that situation um is available to us and safe for us to do, then we need to go do that. But we need to make sure that we have clean hands. We're not trying to withhold forgiveness for somebody else from somebody else, but asking God to forgive us. That's part of the Lord's prayer. And again, even in the Lord's prayer, when the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? And he said, our father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses or our sins as we forgive as we forgive those who, for, um, who have sinned against us. So it's that conditional thing again. Don't lead us into temptation, not that God tempts us, but the evil. Let us not be led into temptation, but uh, deliver us from evil. 
for yours, Lord, is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Those, it's not meant to be said as a rote prayer that is going to cover every need we ever have, but it is a principle of starting with acknowledging that God is holy. He is first and foremost, that we need his forgiveness and we need to flow, have that flow out to others that we, we receive as we give and that he will provide for our daily needs and that he's given us authority through Jesus because he went, Jesus went to the father and is sat at the right hand of the father. And it says that we are seated in heavenly places with him, that we now have an authority to step out and boldly bring heaven to earth as it were to that things in heaven would be done as things here on earth. God is interested in us and the things that concern us. Since the beginning of creation, the purpose of prayer is connection with him. Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. They shared their lives with him. And this is why Paul says to us to pray without ceasing. We talk and listen all throughout our day. The Lord reminded me of how absolutely trustworthy and held we are. Just a while back when I was watching my boys on a ropes course that had a zip line at the end of it, the zip line was their favorite part. So they kept skipping to the end so they could do that part over and over again. The funny thing was to watch the hesitation as they stepped off of the platform to fly through the air. They were harnessed in. And they had done it many times before and they were always held safe and had a great trip. But each time they would like semi squat down and step hesitantly off the end. And I would happily holler up to them and say, just jump, you're safe. But they never leapt like I thought that they could. And as I watched, the Lord said, this is how it is with me. You are so held, protected and provided for and you keep hesitating. It was such an amazing visual of how it is to walk with Jesus. We can leap confidently into what he has called us to or the requests that we are praying because we are already harnessed into God's grace, which is his empowerment to do what we are asking of him or what we are asked to do by him. And God's provision for the things that we need is already there. Our heavenly father knows what we need and he promises to provide and that is why he tells us not to worry about tomorrow because he's already there and he has it all covered. Um, I've loved this discussion of prayer with you. I just wanted to bring it down to these four simple kind of processes. Again, it's not a formula, but just some things to remember as we are um, praying or examining the way maybe that we talk to God or um, yeah, our prayer life. So they are an acronym. I love acronyms and alliteration. It just helps me remember. So it's ABLE, A-B-L-E. A is ask boldly with faith. Jesus had given us access directly to God. He has given us access directly to God. B is be thankful for God's love for us and that he's already provided for all that we need. L is listen closely. God wants to speak to you and guide you through his written, which is the logos word, the Bible and his rhema words or his revealed and spoken words that he speaks to us through his Holy Spirit in us. And then E is examine. Examine your motives and your heart to make sure that we're walking in God's ways and not holding unforgiveness or bitterness in our hearts or just complaining to God. So thank you for joining me on this discussion about prayer. And if it's been a blessing or an encouragement to you, please share it with others and let me know what you think. You can connect with me on social media and I am rooting for you, friends. You've got this. If any part of today's message encouraged you, I ask that you share it with a friend and remember to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. I would love your comments and to hear what impacted you the most. You can connect with me through Instagram and Facebook at Whole Self Life Coach or on the web at reinstall.com or thewholeselflifecoach.com.